Good morning. Thank you for joining HP Online today. I'm Liz. I'm Omar. I'm Peyton. I'm Allison. And we're the Blantons. You can make the most of your time right now by getting your Bible and gathering communion. Did you know that you can chat with people right now? It's true. All you have to do is type your message in the message bar and press send. It's just like texting. Yeah, only better because you don't have to wait two or three hours for a response. It's all happening live, like now. Anyway, you can chat right now and go ahead and get started. We'll wait. Oh, hey, Grandma Susie. If you can't see the chat, then you're probably in full screen mode. That's the way I like to watch. Consider following the chat using another device, such as your smartphone or a tablet. If you have one. Speaking of chat, you can stay connected with other members by joining an online group, if you haven't already. And for all of us non-techie people, that's okay, no problem. We can get you through a conference call and get you set up. Well, not us, because we can't. It'll probably be Brian, or Matt, or Dave. Yeah, definitely Dave. Okay, if you have any prayer requests, then HP has you covered. There are people standing by to pray with you, and the prayers remain private. And if you would like to donate to HP, you can do that at any time. Like now, or tomorrow. But right now, we're going to go all in. Let's sing, study, and pray together. Will you pray with me? Dear Father, thank you for your word and this time to study and praise together. I pray that you open our minds and hearts to receive your words of wisdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Bye. Well, good morning, Highland Park family. It's good to be with you. My name is Brian. And you know, the people that I talk to, and I call somebody on the phone and visit with them, the first couple things that people often ask are, how's your family and how's your church? And I want to just tell you our family's doing well. Thank you for praying for us and for caring for us. Like all of you with kids, we're trying to figure out how to do all of this together and, you know, homeschooling and, working still and it's just a, it's a whole new thing and so uh, if you know somebody who's got kids at home pray for them call them encourage them help them uh, also just uh, I, I think a lot about the folks who are uh, in home and they're alone a lot of the time and pray for them and care for them as well and when I'm asked about the church the church is doing well it's been kind of amazing how little resistance we felt in being adventurous and creative and trying new ways to uh, still pursue our vision of helping people love God, love others, and serve together. And so just thank you for being so incredible and for being with us on this journey and for serving, even though that serving may look very different, but it's just been amazing. When this all happened, we pivoted on a dime really within a matter of about 48 hours. Uh, I went from an elders meeting to meeting with staff and then uh, getting their consensus and we basically rewrote a bunch of job, job descriptions for the short term. We tried to get all of our resources 
and all of our energy funneled into one of three big areas. And those areas were care, so that would mean caring for our church family, uh, including adults and youth and children, but then also caring for our neighborhood. So that's been a big component. We have people giving lots of energy there. The second big part besides care is a spiritual formation. You know, the church is still in the business of making disciples. And so we want to help people grow in the Lord. And that's looked different in different ways. There's this preaching time, but there's been, you know, online prayer events and uh, daily devotionals and lots of different things uh, that we've either done or pointed you towards so that you can continue to grow spiritually. And then the third thing um, where we try to point uh, resources is in the area of tech. And the reason we needed to up our tech game was because tech was how we were doing a lot of the spiritual formation and the caring stuff. And when I say tech, I mean website, I mean video, and I mean communication. Like, how can we answer the phone when somebody calls here and wants to make an appointment to the food pantry? We had to update the tech stuff. So we didn't spend uh, and go crazy with the amounts of money. We did not want to do that. We wanted to focus as much effort as we could on the first two, but we had to raise up the tech stuff a little bit. So I'm so thankful for staff that's been flexible and willing and able to adapt to this new season and thankful for our leadership, thankful for you, for caring one another. And um, I just wanna say thank you. And I, I would just like to have a moment here where we have a, a time of prayer together, where we pray for families and individuals and we pray for the church. So would you just join me in that? Lord, we, we thank you for the way that you have watched over us. We pray for uh, folks who are in a home. Maybe they are vulnerable. Maybe they're dealing with loneliness uh, or fatigue. Maybe they're dealing with sickness. Maybe they're not in a home and they wish they could be because they're in a hospital. We lift up those needs to you. And Lord, we pray for parents and for kids who are struggling as a family together, trying to do school and work and manage all of that, or maybe the kids are toddlers or babies, and that's an extra stress uh, during this time. So we pray for those families, for your help, and I pray that you would raise up a, a mighty number of Highland Park people today to care for them, to offer encouragement and help and, and love to people in situations like that. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you all please lift up your voices and sing this with me?
In Acts 2, 44 and 45, we hear about the early church and that all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have a need. Meeting the needs of others has always been in the DNA of the church. Today, we strive to live that out by trying to meet the needs of others, both those inside and outside of our fellowship. At Highland Park, we do that through many avenues, including our prayer list and our small groups. A couple of the ways that we care about those outside our fellowship is through our partnership with Hoover Elementary and our 220 Center. Meeting the physical needs of people is very important, but we all have other needs that need to be met. Those are our mental and spiritual needs. We humans need a connection with others, and we need to know that we are seen and loved. Christ met our biggest need, and that's our need for salvation. We all need to have our records wiped clean. We need a Savior. Jesus is that Savior and demonstrated it by what he did on the cross. Let's remember and celebrate our salvation as we take these emblems that represent his body that was given for us. We have been in a series called Between Two Trees. See, life began in a garden in Genesis, and it was good. And life ends under a tree in Revelation, and it is good. But between those two trees, the problem is that life is hard, and that's where we find ourselves, between two trees. And last week, I hope you got to hear Dr. Shane Wood preach. If you did not, go back and listen to that later. Wow, it was a powerful sermon. We need to uncover our wounds so that God can begin to heal us. And today I want to take a step forward in that and talk about not only God's work in the individual, but God's work in the church. How is the church to live between two trees? Our vision at Highland Park is to help people love God, love others, and serve together. And we can still chase that vision. We, we don't need to change anything about the vision, but life is hard, isn't it, right now? Every year, we have a thing called Day of Serving here at Highland Park, and some of you, you're a part of Highland Park because of Day of Serving. You love it that much, or it's meant that much to you, but it's where we have teams that go out, and some go and visit those who are in nursing homes or who are homebound. Others help uh, get supplies together and crafts and, and do little projects for to get ready for vacation Bible school, and others 
uh, go out into the community and rake leaves and clean gutters and visit and pray with people on front porches, and it's a great day. And we're still going to have day of serving, sort of. In fact, what we're going to call it is days of serving, and it begins today. I know many of you are already, already serving in many ways, but perhaps some of you have come out of the chaos of this pandemic, and you're ready to be challenged to serve a little more. We would love that by the end of today, there would be whole new uh, areas of service unleashed in our city and in our world. So we want to help people love God. And I want to talk about the foundation of who we need to be, and that will lead us into how we can serve. But we first need to know our identity. We are to help people love God. You know, a church building does not make disciples. A church program does not make disciples. Rather, God's people, through the power of the Holy Spirit, make disciples. For years, I've tried to not call the church building the church because the church isn't a building. For years, I've tried not to call the Sunday morning program that we have church because it's not the church, it's a program of the church. They're both valuable resources and tools. But sometimes when we use that language, it's confused us. And right now, we're suddenly living in this moment where maybe some people for the first time ever get it and realize, oh, the church actually isn't a building. The church isn't just a program. The church is beyond that. And the church can utilize those great resources and tools. But the church is bigger than that. To be honest, if we just kind of folded and said, you know, we can't, we can't be the church if we don't have our building and program, we'd be kind of a weak sauce church. And I'm thankful that Highland Park has risen up and said, you know, we can be the church without the building right now without the old programs right now. Well, we don't want to live in this forever, but we never know what tomorrow will bring. So we want to be the church regardless. Randy Garris shares an illustration about how if you look at a building, you might see two types of construction around it. You might see props. Props, construction props are used to hold the building up. They might be underneath or to the side, but they actually support part of the weight of a structure. So you need those props there until you can replace them with something else. Otherwise, they're there permanently. If you remove the prop, the building will, will topple over. So you need the props. And then there's scaffolding. Scaffolding is built up on the outside of the building so people can lay brick or they can paint or install the windows. But if you remove the scaffolding, the building is fine by itself. And perhaps a helpful way to think about uh, where we are right now is that the church and the role of the church and, and uh, how the church makes disciples, that's the building. Uh, uh, the, that's what we're building up. And the structure, uh, how we do that, is it the prop or the scaffolding? You see, if, if our church building and our church programs are props, and the whole thing falls down when we remove the props, we have a problem. It might mean that our props have become our idol. If we can't be the church without the things that support the church, hopefully our programs and our building and those types of things are the scaffolding. They help us build the church, 
But if you remove them, the church stands on its own because the church is not a building. The church is the people of God. Dallas Willard said, We are at the mercy of our thoughts. If we embrace a false perspective of church, it will ultimately lead us to a false experience as the church. A lot of stuff has been stripped down, and that's probably a good thing because we're probably finding out how can we be creative? How can we proclaim the gospel? How can we care for people in the name of Jesus in new and different ways? It'll let us see, oh yeah, that one thing, that actually is just a prop. We don't actually need it to, have to be the church. It can be helpful, and we may want to use it again, but we don't have to have it. It can help us maybe see more clearly. In these days, we're seeing that the church can still make disciples, even in the midst of a pandemic. Sometimes the church flourishes best in the midst of suffering, and we don't want to stop making disciples right now. I'm excited to introduce you to my friend, Garrett, who is the newest member at Highland Park, and I'm glad you get a chance to meet him virtually. Hello, Highland Park. This is Brian, and I'm here with my friend Garrett, who I don't know real well, but I've just been getting to know him a little bit, and uh, this is kind of a fun thing that we wanted to do. Uh, Garrett uh, is placing his member, or placing his membership here at Highland Park. He was involved at the HP 101 luncheon, gosh, maybe two months ago. What was that, Garrett? A little while back, yeah, something, something like that. <laughs> Yeah, and I flubbed up and messed up. Otherwise, we were supposed to introduce him on a Sunday morning, and it was just one of those weird, I can't remember what happened scheduling-wise. Yeah, it just kept getting pushed back until this happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, because then I was out of town one week, and then this happened, and we thought, okay, we're not waiting until we all get back together uh, for sure. Let's just do this virtually. So anyway, this is Garrett Williamson, and I thought instead of just doing kind of a real short thing. It might be fun for you all just to get to know a little bit more about him. So Garrett, can you tell us just a little bit kind of about where you grew up in college and kind of what you're doing now? Yeah, so I, I grew up in uh, Huntsville, Texas, not the Alabama one. Um, or no, I grew up in Amarillo, moved to there uh, before college, lived there for probably about two years before I went to college. Um, so uh, I went to college in Longview, Texas, Letourneau University. I'm a, a bachelor's mechanical engineering. Um, so I'm here actually at University of Tulsa studying masters of mechanical engineering, uh, using, doing like soft robotics uh, is, is my area of research. <laughs> All right, so you're doing virtual master's classes online right now. Yes, day. yes, they weren't virtual at the beginning, but now they are. <laughs> okay. Very cool. Yeah, I, I realized why the university sounded so familiar. I have a friend whose mom lives there. A lot of mm. people know uh, Rainisha, a good friend of ours who was part of Highland Park and has moved uh, down to Arkansas. Her mom lives there. But then also our students did a CIY move conference at Laterno a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. Ago. Yeah. Yeah. And so I knew what that name was sounding familiar. My wife reminded very, me. Very, very heavily involved in uh, Christian aviation, engineering, and missions generally. So good, good school. I liked it. Yeah. Fantastic. Now, how long were you in Amarillo? I uh, lived in Amarillo till I was a sophomore in high school. Okay. Uh, so pretty well my whole life. Okay, so you'll have to talk with our friend Haley, who grew up in Amarillo. I'm sure she got really excited when she just heard you. 
Yeah, excellent. So uh, do you have plans for the future? What are you kind of, do you have any thoughts there? Um, I just started, so I, I actually started at TU in the, at the beginning of the semester in January. Okay. So uh, I, I'm starting in the spring rather than the fall. Uh, and uh, mostly the plan right now is to get done with masters. And uh, I don't know whether I'll do doctorate after that or whether I'll just want to work really badly and be tired of reading things. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very cool. Yeah, we have quite a few uh, people with engineering pro uh, degrees at Highland Park. I'm sure you've met a few of them. So yeah, yeah, yeah maybe a few people to help you along the way there. So uh, so, uh, can you tell us just a little bit about your faith journey? Yeah. So, um, I was born definitely in a very Christian household. Um, so I learned about it as a kid. Um, it became real to me probably earlier than most. Um, I had a lot of health issues as a kid that caused me to have really, really bad stomach pain since, I mean, I started complaining of it when I was five, but, um, and it actually, so the, the, this is the, everyone gets to see the, the culmination of that story. I got fixed three months ago, four months ago now, I think. So it's something I dealt with my entire life, uh, horrible stomach pain that, that really made everything very difficult and then just recently went away. So I've been enjoying that. Wow. Um, is there a medical explanation towards yeah, it? Yeah, I went to- out of blue? Nope, I went to Mayo Clinic um, and they diagnosed me and uh, it fixed it up. Something I had like, I went through, when I was going through college, I dealt with um, like having to leave time in the mornings before I uh, went to class because I would need to throw up each morning and I would have to deal with like making sure that I had time to study uh, for stuff when I could think because when the pain was there, I couldn't think. And so I had to learn how to, it was, it was not easy, but uh, it's gone now, which is absolutely crazy. Wow. Um, so, but like I was saying, it, it definitely changed my faith journey. I think I, I started questioning things a lot earlier because of that and uh, found my need for something bigger than myself uh, that was real a lot earlier than most people would. Yeah, wow. Can you hear that weed eater? <laughs> Uh, I can't hear it right now. Maybe we oh, will later. Good. good. <laughs> That's all right. So if we ignore your weed eater and ignore, yeah, yeah. ignore my kids, then uh, we'll be okay here. So <laughs> yeah, well, well, thank you for giving us just a little bit about your story. And we look forward to hearing uh, more about that. But um, we always just ask uh, those who are placing their membership if uh, they do indeed believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and if they want to serve them their whole lives. And your answer to that would be? Definitely. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't have made it here if he wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I appreciated uh, just the seriousness of as we studied the scripture in HP 101, I could tell your commitment to scripture. And, uh, and I know in that class where we talk about um, salvation and God and have questions about doctrine and church and all of that. And I appreciate I always appreciate when people take those questions very seriously and I could see that in you. And so thank you uh, so much. And we welcome you to Highland Park and hope that we can love and care for you and help you as you grow and uh, know that we'll be blessed by having you here as well. So 
uh, welcome to Highland Park and we'll let people maybe just in the little chat place if you want to you can you can give a little welcome uh, to Garrett right now and uh, and he'll see that so uh, go yeah, ahead I'll, and welcome I'll, him. I'll be there all right <laughs> thanks so much we'll talk to you later all right sounds good bye cool So we want to help people like Garrett and people like you and people we haven't even met yet. Love God, love others, and serve together. After Peter and the apostles had preached on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, thousands of people are baptized and their sins are forgiven and they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit right there and the church is born. And what does the church do next? I love this scripture from Acts chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, turn there. And I'm going to read out loud for us. You read along where you are. Verses 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So I want you to take just maybe a minute with your Bible open or your Bible app or however you're looking and we'll put it back on the screen. I'm going to give you just 20 seconds, 20 seconds, okay? And what I'd like you to do is just to list out loud, to write down, or if you've got the chat window open in the chat window, just list all of the things that the early church did. And, and you don't even have to be real specific and quote it, you know, exactly by the word, but kind of in general speaking, what was the stuff, what was going on? What did they do? Uh, right when the church was birthed. Okay, ready? Go. It's not hard to come up with that list, is it? It's pretty easy. So I jotted down some things as I was studying. They were devoted to the word. Can we still be devoted to God's word even in a pandemic, even when we can't all be together in one big meeting? Yeah, absolutely. And they worshiped in awe. Can we still worship the Lord? Yeah. They practiced togetherness. Everything they did was together uh, in, in one of heart. Even though we're separated some physically, can we still practice togetherness? Yeah. They gave. Can we still give? They met together in public spaces and in homes. Okay, that one's a little more difficult. But can we meet by calling each other on the phone? And never in the history of the world have we been more equipped to meet together even without physically being together. Can we video conference? Yeah. Can we text message? Yeah. Can we check on our neighbor and talk, you know, on our driveway and when they're on the sidewalk? Yeah, we can, we can still, we can still be together and we can meet together. 
And I'm glad to hear about some things that are happening where you are praying with one another and meeting with one another. We want to encourage you keep doing that because back then it says they're doing it daily. And the last thing is not what they did, it's what the Lord did. The Lord saved. Wow, that's pretty awesome. See, we do some of those things, but who does the saving? God does the saving. So, reminder, who is the head of the church? Jesus. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. And we are the body, and there's not one part that's more important than the other. All the parts are important, and all the parts exist to serve the head and to serve one another and to care for one another. So as a church, we are to love one another. It's pretty simple, really. We, we love our, our fellow believers in Christ. We love those who aren't yet believers in Christ because how else will they hear the good news? And because God loves them too. And because Jesus commanded us to love all people. So we love one another. And as a church, this can be a time where we can continue to pursue that vision of helping people love one another. It's a great time to love one another. And we can serve. Practice that togetherness by serving, even maybe separately, doing different things, all with the common heart, with the same mind. So, church, we want to just make an ask of you today. Would you, would you serve in two specific ways? Now, maybe you're already serving in these ways, and that's it, and, and that's great. Maybe you're serving in one, but not the other. So maybe there's going to be one on your list. And, and maybe, uh, you know, there's something else that you have planned. I, you know, that's fine. But we want to challenge you in two specific ways. Would you serve your neighbors? And I don't want you to think about that too, too much. Just your neighbors. The people who lived on your, on your left and on your right. Maybe a house down. And if you're like, well, I don't even know their name. Problem. Would you get to know the name of your neighbor? We're asking you to do something proactive here. I don't think it's asking too much for us to get out of our homes and meet our neighbor. Now, you need to be sensitive about how you do this, especially during this time. So uh, we, we got a lot of ideas and you can brainstorm your ideas, but maybe you can leave a note on their, on their front porch post or tape to their screen door and it just says, hey, this is so-and-so, your neighbor, just checking on you. How are you doing? Uh, here's my number or email or, you know, holler at me if you need anything at all. And maybe you want to think especially about those who maybe have kids or those who are vulnerable or those who might be lonely. Think about them and go to them first. But maybe just by going out and kind of sowing seed, there will be some people who say, thank you so much for checking on me. Yeah, maybe I do need something or you could help me with this. So would you find a way to serve in your specific neighborhood, at your apartment complex, at, at your neck of the woods, wherever that might be? Secondly, we want to ask you, would you serve with the church? Maybe you're part of an ongoing ministry at Highland Park and you're still neck deep and serving. Keep doing that. But maybe the way that you served with the church, you can't do that right now because of our restrictions. Or maybe you haven't served at Highland Park 
you know, maybe you weren't serving at all. Well, uh, we have a link where you can, you can fill out a little form really quick, but there's some needs that we have that you could come alongside and serve with us. Um, we, we have a, a, a couple of tech needs, um, especially getting DVDs to some folks who may not be able to um, have access to Wi-Fi right now so they can still participate in the online worship time. Um, maybe you would like to help write cards to kids. You know, kids maybe have a birthday and they don't get to have a party. Or maybe kids just struggling from missing their friends. And maybe some, you're someone who can write some cards to kids. Maybe you're somebody who can make some phone calls. We're trying to call and check on people, especially the people who might be disconnected um, in different ways. But we just want to keep calling people and checking on people and making sure they're okay. And if you call them, then maybe you'll find a way that you can serve them or maybe you can pray for them in some way. And one of the other options on there is to serve with our 220 food pantry. Uh, we've been serving a, a multitude of people and uh, the serving requires uh, some traffic flow help and some different chores than we had before. And so maybe that's a way that you can serve. And so that's just a little form that we have. We'll post it right here and you'll see it on the, on the chat window and you'll see links to it. Would, would you just consider leaning in? In, in fact, if, if you're willing to do that, if you're on the chat window right now, would you take a moment and just type, I'm in, if you're willing to do that? Sometimes a little public accountability is good. And we want to unleash Highland Park to serve. And maybe some of you just needed someone to say it. Go serve your neighbor. Go serve with your church continue to support your church and partner with your church. This is not the time to shrink back at all. I want to close with a story. It's a little story I wrote and my daughter is doing some of the artwork. Hope is doing a good job with the artwork for it. Not quite finished yet, but she's getting there. So we're excited about this little story. It's called What a Fish needs. There once was a fish named Joey. Joey lived in a creek so pretty that sometimes people would come picnic right beside it. It had pretty green reeds that grew near the shore. Just like all of his friends from school, Joey loved to swim. He liked swimming fast to win a race, and he liked swimming slow to watch bubbles. Joey had to watch out for bigger fish, but that wasn't too hard because they were, well, big. He loved eating little bugs that landed on the water, and sometimes he even found some soggy bread. Yum. Joey and his family and his school had it pretty good. But then it started raining, and raining, and raining, and raining. The little creek became a roaring river. By the time the water went down, Joey, his family, and school were in a different creek. The reeds were different. The food was different. The other fish were different. Joey was mad and sad. He spent lots of days pouting under a mossy rock. He let the moss wash right into his mouth, and it felt really gross. He felt gross too, mad and sad. Joey's friends tried to cheer him up, but he told them to leave him alone. He wanted to be miserable, under a rock, with moss stuck in his mouth. 
But one day, Joey had a thought. It was the first real thought he had had in a long time. I mean, the kind of thought that comes with real thinking. He realized something about fish that he had never thought about before. In order to be okay, fish just need water. They don't need pretty green reeds or soggy bread. Joey could do everything he could do before. The place, the food, and the fish were different. But Joey was still a fish. So on that day, Joey started acting like a fish again. Church, we have everything we need to be the church. In fact, we have even more needs to meet. So what we need to do is remember that we have all we need to be the church. So keep being the church. Are you in? If you're somebody who doesn't know Jesus yet, he is welcoming you to his church. Not just to one specific church, but to his church, to be part of his forever family. And if you want to take that step so that your sins can be forgiven and you can belong in God's family, then we have people who are ready to visit with you. Just ask for prayer and you'll have a, a confidential conversation with somebody who will pray with you and talk with you and study with you. And maybe you're ready to belong to God's forever family. We would love to help you do that. Church, let's be all in during these days of serving.
you in the middle of the darkest night. It's true. I will rescue you. Hi, I'm Dave and I'm on staff here at Highland Park and I want to say thank you to everyone who continues to financially support the work and the ministry of Highland Park. Thank you for not allowing this time of uncertainty to hinder your faithfulness in your giving. Toward the end of Acts chapter 4, Luke tells us how the believers were one in heart and one in mind and that unity prompted their continued generosity, regardless of how much they had or what they didn't have in terms of what they were able to give. Then in verse 33, it says, with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. God is using your generosity as a part of the testimony of his power. As we've been able to share with people in need, we've been able to continue to support our missionaries, we've been able to continue the ministries at Highland Park. And thank you for making that possible through your continued generosity. You know, we talk about stimulus checks and who's got them and who hasn't. And it really doesn't matter. Uh, if you've received it or not, well, it does matter, doesn't it? But it doesn't matter because a lot of that is going for things that we were unable to have. A lot of it goes for things that we really didn't need. And so if you have the opportunity to be generous out of the stimulus check, then that's great. If you need that stimulus check to be able to meet basic necessities, that's great because God is at work. Just allow your generosity to be directed by God's love for you, your love for one another, and the unity that we experience as a part of the body of Christ. Let me pray together. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunities that we again have to be able to share with one another and share with you. And I pray, Father, your blessing will be upon these offerings that we receive this week that your ministry will continue, that lives will be touched, and most of all, your Son, Jesus Christ, will be lifted up. In Christ's name we pray. Hey friends, it's so good to see you all. I'm so glad you could join us here. Today I want to tell you a Bible story. It's one of my favorite Bible stories. It's called the Battle of Jericho. You can find this one in Joshua 
chapter six, and it is all about a man named Joshua. He does some really cool things, but he only does it because God gives him the power to do it. There's two things from this Bible story. One, God takes away our fear. If we have Christ in our hearts, then we don't have to live in fear any longer. And two, God gives us courage. He gives us lots of courage to do really hard, great things. So let's check out this Bible story, okay? There is this town called Jericho. And Jericho was meant to be the promised land for God's people. But the problem was there were already people living there and they were afraid of God's people. Now God had come to Joshua one night and told him exactly how they were going to be the ones living there. He told Joshua to have his people march around the walls once a day for six days. And on the seventh day, they were to march around the town seven times. And on the seventh time they walked around, Joshua was to tell the people to blow into their horns and to shout as loud as they could. So that's what they did. On the first day, they walked around the walls. Everyone was silent except for the people that had the horns. The people blew their horns and then they went back to their camp. They did this again and again and again. But then on the seventh day, they walked around seven times. And on the seventh time, Joshua told the people, no talking until I tell you to shout. The people with the horns blew their horns. And Joshua said, now it, now's the time, shout, for the Lord has given you this town. And once they did, everything came crashing down. The walls fell and the, the God's people went in and took Jericho. And that's our story today. God asked Joshua and his people to do some really weird things, but God had a plan all along. I mean, when you think about battle, do you think about just walking around and blowing trumpets? Normally we think about swords and fighting. That wasn't in God's plan. God knew exactly what it would take for the walls of Jericho to fall. And because Joshua was courageous and he followed what God asked him to do, God's plan worked out for him and the people went into the promised land. Hope you enjoyed our story today. See you next week. Love you.